Louisville's business community has seldom seen such a big week in news. We've got a new CEO named at Humana. We've also got a strike going on at Ford. We're going to dig into both of those on the Access Louisville podcast. That's next. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and today I'm joined by Haley Cawthon. Hi there. Joel Stinnett. Hello, Louisville. And Ellie Tolbert. Hi. Access Louisville, of course, is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news along with plenty of sharp opinions about what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Sometimes we struggle on what to talk about, but not this week, man. It is obvious. Humana, Louisville's biggest company by far revenue wise um got it's got a succession plan name there's not a new ceo yet but the new ceo is coming in next year uh so joel uh tell us about the new boss yeah so jim recton uh, is currently the ceo of envision healthcare which is actually based in nashville where i covered healthcare for six years um i've had the opportunity to interview jim a couple times one for a cover story um and so uh in addition to Vision, he's worked at DeVita Medical Group, which is another Nashville-based company. And then he also worked at Bain & Company doing some healthcare mergers. Um, at Envision, uh, things didn't always go well. Uh, what was Envision, first of all? So it's a physician, uh, physician staffing company. They also have a lot of ambulatory surgery centers, mm-hmm. uh, which are very, very profitable. Um, and they actually were created by – Envision was actually headquartered in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, until it merged with AmSurge, which is their ambulatory business, mm-hmm. and kind of moved their headquarters to Nashville. Uh, a couple, uh, I believe it was a couple of years after the merger in 2018 that the uh, board of Envision uh, initiated a strategic review mm-hmm. of the operations, and that led to them being purchased by a, a really huge private equity giant, KKR, mm-hmm. for almost $10 billion. So they had value. They had value. $10 billion. But. Um, they just weren't necessarily being, I guess, operated yeah. correctly. A few months after that, their CEO left. Or actually, a couple years after that, their CEO left, and Jim was hired. Yeah. Unfortunately for Jim, uh, he became CEO in February 2020. Oh, okay. So all of his plans. <laughs> what happened then? Yeah. <laughs> all of his plans for getting the company right on track uh, were kind of side railed by a little pandemic we had. And uh, I read about that in the yeah. papers. <laughs> um, and that eventually, uh, even after things settled down with the pandemic, um, well, first off, the pandemic caused them to, to shutter all of their ambulatory surgery centers. You know, their physicians weren't in doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost the company a lot financially. Um, they did do a lot of great things during the pandemic in terms of moving their physicians around the country to hot spots um, like New York, like Houston, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stat was one in out of 10 COVID patients ended up being taken care of by an Envision physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, but financially, it still didn't help the company. And uh, earlier this year, they had to declare bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah, that was in May, I read. Um, well, it's interesting. You said you've talked to him. He's a, a pretty accessible guy. So looking forward to that. Uh, I w- Bruce Broussard, the current CEO, it's not like he never engages with Louisville. He comes to our events. He d- does things. He's been to UofL, but he's uh, he shares residency here between um, Louisville and other places. So he's not the most Louisville guy. Uh, Jim, correct me if I say it wrong, is it Retchen? 
Thanks, Recton. Recton, excuse me. Jim Recton is a Kentucky native, so, uh, you know, that's that's something. But yeah. he has two places where he can choose to live, right? Not just Louisville? Yes. Yeah. His, <laughs> in his offer letter, uh, it says that he must make a decision by the end of next year on whether to live in Louisville, relocate to Louisville permanently, or at least his main residence, or Washington, D.C., oh, okay. where uh, apparently Humana has uh, some executive offices they do a lot of business with the federal government, yes. so it makes sense. <laughs> I think Centerwell's, uh, leader of Centerwell, their uh, uh, senior clinics, I think they're based out of D.C. as well. So Yeah. Interesting. Well, while this is going on, you had already been working on a story about Humana's office footprint in Louisville, and that's why I mentioned the Louisville tie here, because Humana, obviously one of Louisville's biggest employers, definitely its biggest company in terms of revenue, but they have been shrinking um, the amount of office space they have here, and that's something you were working on and kind of doing the math on. So what did you find out researching that story? Yeah, so it kind of doesn't paint the best picture for the future of downtown Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, since 2017, they've vacated uh, more than 800,000 square feet of office space just in the central business district. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mostly in four buildings, uh, one of which they just gave away to the University of Louisville after vacating it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of coincides with their employment numbers that we've seen, even though they dispute them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave out. us the number yeah, and then later the disputed yes. how low it had become. So. Yes, but if their original number is correct, um, they have uh, over 5,000 employees have basically um, left Louisville in the last uh, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do the math on you know, the square footage here in downtown, uh, if every employee takes up about 200 square feet, which is the number we got from CB, uh, RE, mm-hmm. uh, that works out to about 4,500 employees. So, mm-hmm. and um, obviously, company, you know, it's not we're not a charity. Louisville's not a charity. They Humana's got to make the best decisions for Humana. Everybody is kind of changing their space. Ellie, you write a lot about office space. I mean, you see a lot of companies that are going for smaller, more flexible spaces, right? Yeah, I think that it depends, you know, case by case. You've seen some companies, flexibility is definitely like the thing that a lot of people are taking in because I think even, I maybe even just like last week I was talking about the various office stories that I wrote about, it could have been a podcast two weeks ago. Um, all of them talked about how they might not have employees in there all five days a week. And I mean, even us, we're not in there all five days a week. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of companies are still on like a hybrid schedule and are trying to figure out like the flexibility um, when it comes to their office space yeah and you mentioned us i mean we're going from i can't remember the square footage but we're downsizing our office space you you said the square footage the other day i think we're going from well we're going to be in a temporary space first which i think is half the size of the space that we're currently in but then our final office will be what 3500 square feet yeah so i think we're going to like 10,000 to 5,000 in a temporary space and then 3500 in the permanent space so um, just because, you know, it's smaller. Not everybody works every day. We are, our staff is smaller. I mean, we work every day, but not in the office every day. Not in the office, yeah. Uh, we work 24-7 <laughs> getting those stories. Uh, well, Haley does, actually. <laughs> yeah, Haley was on Strike News last night. <laughs> it's uh, me talking in third person. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You woke, you wake up and do the morning edition, and then last night you got stuck doing a uh, story about a strike at seven o'clock at night. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, we'll get to the strike here in a minute. Uh, 
I guess um, I guess it I mean we touched on it but uh, it's a good sign that he's from Kentucky right well it depends on a scale of one to Jack Harlow how my old Kentucky home he is <laughs> yeah true, um, true it depends on how how much he wants to be here um, how much like Louisville and or Kentucky affinity he has because when you look at our public companies and the ones who have a big presence here and are pretty engaged in the community um, the companies that were founded here and have founder ties Mm -hmm. and or CEO ties to the area are the ones who are like I think more active more engaged Mm -hmm. um, staying here unlike you know Papa John's who um, got the founder ousted and um, now and a lot of the decision making is happening in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And same with Yum. I mean, David Novak wasn't from here, but his wife was, uh, Wendy Novak. Uh, and so the company stayed here. And then as soon as he moved on as CEO, like we started seeing Yum kind of <laughs> slip over to uh, Plano. <laughs> yeah, to Plano, Texas. So, um, so uh, you know, obviously it's it's the it's a story we've all been watching unfold for for years, but just had some big developments this week because Joel was working on this office space story at the same time. All of a sudden, this new CEO news comes out, and it was so fortunate that it happened on Wednesday, not Thursday, because the way our production schedule is, we were just like, yes, this happened at the right time. (laughs) Um, But uh, makes for good podcast uh, talk, too. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll lighten things up a little bit here. We'll switch gears to grocery stores. I don't know if we've ever talked about grocery stores on the show, <laughs> but, uh, um, um, Ellie, you were just at a groundbreaking for a new Kroger. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us what you learned there. Yeah. So it's, um, the second new Kroger in, I think like the last two years, they, uh, are one's under construction in Buckner. This one's on Ballardsville road. Um, and it's right across the street from a Publix, which is Ooh. kind of the like <laughs> exciting thing about this one. Um, but yeah, so they've actually owned that land since 2008, and they had first proposed it in 2008, and then obviously the like application expired and nothing ever happened on it. Um, so they just broke ground today, and um, yeah, it's going to have like 200 employees. Mm. They're expecting it to be complete next winter. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I did ask their um, the Louisville division president, Jake Cannon, I asked him, you know, why they decided to ramp up construction now. Like, uh, Publix submitted or announced that they were coming to the, the location across the street probably in 2021. So they announced it first. But mm-hmm. um, And Kroger's had this land. And Kroger's had this land. Away. Exactly. <laughs> he mentioned, you know, like, they're aware of the competition and it's something that they're keeping their eyes out for, but they're not um, – they said that they didn't make this decision because of that. They just, everything kind of lined up to be able to do it now. So I don't know. Yeah, nice. Um, well, I think there's a lot of excitement for uh, grocery retail, especially with Publix coming to, to town. That They haven't broken ground on that location, though. They When they first announced it, they said it would be complete by the first quarter of 2024, and they haven't broken ground yet. So hmm. I'm not... I don't, I don't th- think I don't think they're gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the target anymore. Um, well, that's interesting. I know. I I actually reached out to the Publix PR person today and asked if they had any more details on that, and he didn't. So I wonder if it's maybe the um, just the interest rates and stuff like that. Yeah, well, could and then there the first Publix is like I drove by there recently, and it like looks done. So yeah. I mean, I they have one that should 
hopefully be opening soon. Um, I think their timeline on that was fourth quarter of 2023. So mm-hmm. if when did they start construction on that one? Do you know? It was like June because of last year. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm just curious because how long is it? How long does it take to build like a big square box? <laughs> I, I bet know. it takes 18 months. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I bet it. They put up a Zaxby's in Corridon <laughs> in like six weeks. I swear, uh, it was so fast. Two things there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's different. I, I, I know it's not the same thing, but when you think of like what a grocery store is, like it's it's empty. a big. It is a big box. It's but there's a lot. Twenty. Twenty. Zaxby's. Twenty times. Yeah. Yeah. Public. And that's public. Um, <laughs> But like there is a, like a lot of refrigeration <laughs> equipment and stuff you gotta have in a grocery store, um, you know. So that that probably takes a while to get in, and and the you know, Ellie has talked about the uh, the irrigation systems in the, uh, in <laughs> the, <laughs> the vegetable the misting <laughs> <laughs> the, the you know the produce section you got to get all that uh, irrigation and all that. But mm-hmm. so I could see it taking eighteen months. I mean that's just an uh, it seems like everything takes eighteen months. Mm. Um, so let's see here. Um, anyone want to share what they value in a grocery store? Once for me, I just want a small store. I don't like big stores. So um, I know it's 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 cool when you go to a Kroger marketplace because they do have a lot of options on cheese. I, I'll give them that. Um, <laughs> At the crown breaking, they had a whole cheese table. They're just very cheese. proud of their cheese. Yeah, they had a bunch of cheese. I love the big cheese section. <laughs> Maybe just make the, the footprint smaller. But the cheese bigger. section bigger. <laughs> bigger. <laughs> but that should be the largest part of the footprint. Yeah, exactly. Cheese. Five Zaxby's <laughs> and a sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I just want it smaller. So that is one mark for Publix. Their stores are generally smaller, I think. Um, but uh, I'm also a, a fan of JC because they have small stores, but that's owned by Kroger. So it's, mm. you know, it's all part of the, the greater Kroger apparatus. Yeah. Any, anything else on this? I feel like, well, when I go, like, I'm just a creature of habit. And so I like to go to a store where I know where stuff is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's obviously not there. Like, you just gain that by going there more often. But, like, I like it when I walk into a Kroger or walk in somewhere and it looks the same as a different one that I, like, if I have to go to mm-hmm. a different one that I'm not used to going to, mm-hmm. I'm still going to know where stuff is because I hate walking. That's why I don't go to Trader Joe's, even though I would, is that I don't know where stuff is and I hate, like, walking takes around forever. being like, I yeah. have no idea where I am. Like, yeah. why is there pumpkin chips over here? And <laughs> what am I looking for? But, um, so, yeah, I so I like when stores are the same layout no matter where you go. There you go. Yeah. Joel, anything on this one? I like, um, uh, like when they have really good prepared food that I can just like take home and Heck throw in yeah. the oven, stuff yeah. like that. Which which Publix has is amazing. At yeah, they they that, got the the what the the sub pubs. Yeah, they have a sub. I <laughs> the subs there are really good too. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I only went to Publix in Nashville on payday because I would <laughs> I would go in there and just buy way too much because everything looked good. Yeah, yeah. I know. That. I feel like I'm only going to go to Publix. Because just, like, the gas to drive out there, <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah. then the actual shopping and then buying food while I'm there and not eating any of the food that I bought for later. I just feel like it's going to be an expensive trip, so it'll be once in a while. Uh, how about you, Haley? Um, I would say stores that have, like, competitive pricing because um, there are a couple of grocery stores. I live in Corridon, Indiana, um, which is small, but there's more than one grocery store there, and I will go to the one that has the cheaper price on whatever it is that I'm looking for. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. Kroger's Publix, uh, some free market research uh, from us here at Business First. Some things to things to consider. Um, last thing, and I, we can't get too you know into opinions here on uh, on the Ford strike, obviously. Uh, but I will say, Joel, this was surprising, right? This like took us off guard that you know Ford had called the strike at well, the the union had called the strike at the Ford's Kentucky truck plant. Yeah, no, uh, union president UAW president uh, Fain, he, he Ford was the only company he's really said anything good about. It seems yeah. like since this started. Um, I was actually on the way to the uh, red white scrimmage, a little basketball red white scrimmage yeah. last night with a friend of mine who works at the Kentucky truck plant, and as we were driving there. In his Ford truck, he was, <laughs> we were talking about how uh, you know they're probably never going to shut down the Kentucky Ford plant. It's you know yeah. too much revenue. It's you know it seems like the of all the companies, the union is getting along with Ford. And then as we were walking into the Yum Center, he looks at me. He's like, uh, "We just got called to strike." Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I immediately start trying to call <laughs> call people. Yeah, that, that sets off a chain reaction yeah. at business first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, and I, I couldn't tell what was going on because I was busy, but I, I couldn't look at my phone. But I was just kind of like, something's happening. <laughs> but fortunately, Haley jumped on it. Uh, Joel, were you able to talk to a union boss on this? Or uh, yeah, I talked to uh, the local UAW head uh, Todd Dunn uh, this morning. Um, uh, what's interesting is um, what's probably going to happen is the Louisville assembly plant, um, which makes the Ford Escapes and the Lincoln Sinclair, mm-hmm. um, because of the Kentucky truck plant strike, is probably going to have layoffs as early as tomorrow. Oh, man. Um, the construction Ford plant uh, stamps a lot of the doors, the hoods, the roof, roofs for uh, those two cars for the assembly plant. And so without them making those... Um, the assembly plant won't be able to assemble any cars. Mm-hmm. So we can see a, another layoff of about, uh, uh, I think it's 3,500 workers at that plant. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's that's happening. He, he said he got the call around 3.30 yesterday that they could go on strike. Uh, and he said that there was a meeting yesterday between uh, Ford officials and union officials and that to be ready, depending on how that meeting went, to uh, call for the walkout. He said he got a call couple hours later around 5:40 and said you have 50 minutes to get everybody out. Wow. Yeah. So this obviously it sounds like it's going to have a huge ripple effect on uh on Ford and Ford again one of the biggest employers in Louisville. Um and uh yeah, so it's it's something I've heard this was a real money-making plant like you you said that as well. So uh 25 billion a year yeah. in revenue. Wow. Uh, what did Ford say, Haley, when you were writing up the story? They had a long statement. But yeah, they... Ford had a pretty long statement, um, the first part of which I thought was interesting. Um, but Ford called the decision to strike at the Kentucky truck plant grossly irresponsible but unsurprising given the union's leadership stated strategy of keeping the Detroit Three wounded for months through, quote-unquote, reputational damage and, quote-unquote, industrial chaos. <laughs> The term industrial chaos is just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever came up with that one. I think Ford had a graphic along with that statement that 13 plants around the country are going to be impacted by the Kentucky plant closure. Mm-hmm. So it's not just not just the assembly plant in Louisville. Well, I pulled some uh, sales figures here. And uh, the F-Series, which part of the F-Series is made in Louisville, uh, we make the F-250 uh, on up. Those are the heavy-duty ones. It's not the F-150. F-150 is made in Kansas City. Um, and uh, that's the most popular. But the entire F-Series accounts for a ton of Ford sales. 
uh, and the sales have been up. They had sold um, so far through the third quarter of this year 573,000 uh, F-Series trucks. That's up 22% from last year, um, and uh, it, it continues to be their most popular vehicle by far. And the next closest thing after a Ford F-Series, let me tell you, is, gosh, the Ford Edge which had 138,000, so 400,000 fewer vehicles, you know, so um, so the uh, the F-Series is huge, and if this is going to have a ripple effect on all these plants, I'm going to think Ford's probably going to want to work this out as fast as they can, but I don't know, I don't know what we'll see from this. This is definitely a, a huge development, but... Um, I think that's it for this week. We got through it. Uh, but uh, before we go, we'll uh, go around the room here and share our social media handles uh, where people can uh, can uh, find us online. <laughs> so, uh, Haley, do you want to start us off on this? Yeah, you can find me on X at Haley or on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Cawthon. All right, Joel, where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Joel Stinnett or on X at jstinnettbiz. All right. And Ellie, how about you? You can find me on X at Eleanor or on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert. All right. I'm just on um, I'm just on LinkedIn. You can find me there under my real name, David A. Mann. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Also, we're looking for a sponsor. So if you super like this podcast and you want your name attached to it, uh, get in touch with me. You can reach me via email, uh, dman at thisjournals.com. I'll get you in touch with the right folks on that. Uh, thank you very much, Haley, Joel, and Ellie. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time.